Support for For The Players, the pop culture as PlayStation podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FTP at au.manscaped.com. If my math is correct, and it might just be, that's about 8 million balls. For the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast, the 40 years of playing PlayStation and 10 plus years in the games and media combined. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, you can. Come and check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and you can become a part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you are listening on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you are on the YouTubes, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. And if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopcultures, as well as our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts, other assorted shit with our logos on it, or you can help support the brands that help support us, just like Manscaped. We'll have more to say about them a little bit later. Now, Max, something I just realized, I had to do a quick check. This is episode 247. We are three weeks away from 250, which is an impressive number of podcasts. We have nothing planned. I, I thought we were going to do a, uh, a like a, 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 a clip show, a greatest hits clip show, where we just take another week off and we just play our best of. <laughs> the downside is we don't really have a best of. We it's it's we have 249 <coughs> episodes to pick from, and we've got maybe 10 minutes of footage. So. Be prepared for a short one next month, guys. It's a good, like, 30 <laughs> minutes, including ad reel. Um, you know, I, I highlight all the best times I reference my dick uh, to just make a big, long 30-minute ad for Manscaped. That's episode 250. Yeah, that's crazy. I, 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 was thinking, I keep thinking about it every time I edit the show. I'm like, oh, I should tell Max that, and then I forget. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, here we are, 250 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. Well, we got three weeks. But two, what two? This would be two, four, seven. So, what, two more episodes, three episodes. So, <coughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? Probably no one, because no one asked for it. No one's still up. No one asked for it anymore either. So it just it, it just exists in perpetuity. How are you, man? How you been? Yeah, not too bad. Any news? Not too bad. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit's happening for us. So a couple of weeks ago, um. This is this is the part where Max tells you that he's been building a house for two years. Yeah. We now have pipes in the ground. Yeah. It's actually happening. So about three weeks ago, we got an email from the builders saying, Hey, 
we expect your slab stage to be completed in the next four to six weeks. See, forty six weeks. And we're nice. like, and we're like, hey, let's 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 go check out the slab. Let's see what they've done. Maybe they've done some some form work. Hopefully, the plumbing's in. We'll go have a look. We have pipes in the ground. So we're, we're getting there. We're slowly getting there. There's now a fence around our lot. So the builders on all the other sides of our lot will no longer be like throwing their shit <laughs> on our land, which is nice. Which is nice because it used to be just like the dump site because we were the only block not doing anything at the time. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, yeah. And then obviously uh, we I went and saw Doctor Strange on Friday. Mm. Mm. So good. Uh, well, it's good that you got plumbing. <laughs> That means you can. Yeah, plumbing's you, exciting. You can kind of do poops there. Well, you can't really. There's no like active plumbing, but like you could poop in. I it. mean, that does. I could, I could still do it. You could like, still. Yeah, you could have still pooped when there was no plumbing. There is, you, there yeah. is definitely a trench there that I could. Like, if I was, I mean, there there is a portaloo on the block. Like, I could I could poop there. There is. Yeah, but like, if, if you were really feeling like super invigorated, like this is my house, this is my land, and I poop here because home is where you poop the most comfortable. That that is true. <laughs> And I actually, you know, I don't think pooping very comfortably on a random plot of land is probably a smart call. About <clears throat> like a temporary fence around you, like a hang a hang a towel or something. <laughs> <laughs> just get one of those beach tents. Just cut a hole in the but bottom. We have one of those. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You can go and do poops. Or as Puck says in the chat, you can assert your dominance and poop in other people's yards. Like as everyone threw all their uh, their building stuff on yours, just go shit on their house. And, Look, uh, if we've learned anything from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, ongoing court case, you can just shit on things, and it's okay. It's not okay as long as you blame the really small dog. Yeah, if you, yeah, it's like, hey, it's this really small dog that lives in our empty lot. <clears throat> Crazy. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad there's some things moving forward with your house. That's awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. It means we may actually be in there by Christmas time. Hey, is that the plan to have Christmas at your place? Oh no, we don't want anyone over. Like no, we got to break. No, but it's, it's kind of it's kind of the rules. Remember when when uh, we don't want we don't want people coming in and breaking that new, new house smell. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> <coughs> there is a, there is a new house smell, and that that does check out. Oh man, so I am now free of the covids. He says as he coughs up, as I update. Up. No, no, this is the thing. So like. Uh, those that may not remember from last week, I did test positive for COVID after taking my son to a Trimbaboline place. Uh, he and I got it gnarly. Well, he got it, he got it for like 20 minutes and then he was okay because he's a five-year-old and he's just full of energy. Um, he's had it before, hasn't he? He has had it before. So his body's got that little bit. Yeah. Semi-immunity. Yeah. He had like a couple of weeks left until, you know, immunity ended and then he got to COVID. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it kicked my, it kicked my face in pretty hard. Um, lots of coughing, lots of, lots of sneezing, but the isolation itself was pretty garbo too. Uh, been stuck by yourself for a week. I, I did feel, uh, like I was kind of going insane. Like just not being able to leave the house, and to make that make matters worse, at the time I had no heating. I was just cold and coughing and full of COVID, not being able to see anyone. I was talking to anyone that would talk to me, like oh, oh shit, hi, hi, it's social, it's social media, how you doing? Um, and that happened like once I broke isolation and came out of the on the Wednesday. It was a garbage day. Like the Tuesday, fantastic day. I could have done so <laughs> many things. Wednesday, trash, trash. <clears throat> but uh 
No, it was good to be out and about in the community again, which was really interesting. I was like, I can't wait to get out. And then I went out and I'm like, I don't want to be out here anymore. Um, I was like, can I get back inside? <laughs> but thankfully, it did, you know, the, isol- the isolation broke at a good time because on Thursday, my heaters got replaced in, in the house I'm living in. Uh, so they no longer spew carbon monoxide and try to kill me. Uh, right Fun. now, it feels just the room with warmth, which I really like. And it's very interesting, actually. Like, my house, <clears throat> I never really considered it. Like, heat, heating's important, obviously, right? But in order of adding a sense of comfort, because having the heaters the last couple of days, being able to, even just sitting on my couch and watching TV or something, or just existing in my space, I genuinely feel more comfortable. Like, it's my body, mm. my body's not trying to fight the... I want to say turgidity, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Like the uh, the turgid temperatures, that's not the word either. Like, it's, like, it's just like, it's not having to fight. <clears throat> I can just be warm um, and just mm. be comfortable. Because like, you know, it's right now, winter is balls. It's not even really winter yet and it's so cold. It's like single digit degrees overnight. And by God, have I felt those single digits up until now that I have a heater. And like, I have decided that I am going to get into a committed, uh, intimate relationship with my heater. Um, because I am in absolute love with it. Um, it is, oh man. Like I just shut the door to the lounge and it just kind of, boo, and it just gets toasty in there. And I'm just like, oh, and I just have my, you know, my little, I had a little nap on, on the yesterday. I was like, eh, it's going to go with the party. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, oh, heating is so, so good. Except the problem is my, this house has zero insulation. So once that heater goes off, that heat dissipates in like half an hour. It's gone. Yeah. I think your house is very similar, isn't it? Yeah, well, that is one thing that happened this week. We had what is hopefully going to be our last ever um, house inspe- rental house inspection. Mm-hmm. And um, being a night shift worker, I rang the I rang the real estate agency on the Monday, so two days prior, said, hey, I'm a night shift worker. Can I please have an afternoon appointment? I know you say you're going to rock up between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. That doesn't really work for me. Anytime after 12 is great. She's like, oh, yeah, no worries. We got you down for like 145. Does that work for you? I'm like, yep, that sounds perfect. I said to Ali, I'm like, yep, they're coming They're coming at about 145. The only room that needs to be tidied up is our bedroom. When I wake up in the morning, I'll, you know, take the washing basket out, quickly run over, run the vacuum through it, mint. She's like, yep, yep, no worries. Ali comes in at quarter to 11 Wednesday morning. They're here. What do you mean they're here? They're like two and a half hours early. <laughs> uh, so I quickly run around, get everything together. And then she's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just here to take some photos of the walls to make sure there's not damage everywhere. I'm like, well, if you want to see some damage, follow me. And I showed <laughs> all the problems with the, showed her all the problems that's been, that's been happening. And she's like, have you reported these before? I'm like, yes, I reported them in the last two yeah. inspections that we've had, but uh, nothing has come from it. She's like, they were remote inspections, weren't they? I'm like, yep. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. She's <laughs> like, I will make sure this gets passed on to the correct people. Oh, man. I know. Welcome to For the Players, the the Problems with Rental Properties uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah. Like, I've got a fence that you're, you're so my, my, where I, like in the house that I'm at, there's like a little courtyard and there's a big fence around it. But the fence is old, so it's kind of it's starting to come loose in its like where the gate is. So I had to like jer- like MacGyver a rope and stake just to keep it up. So yeah, um, we we have the one of those in our like front area. They've got like this 
this makeshift fence that they've put up to make like a little mini courtyard in the front yard. Mm. And one night we had some gnarly wind and it blew half the fence down. And I took some photos of it and the owner just like sent an email via the, the real estate agent. He's like, you can just pull that crap down. That's fine. He's like, don't try and fix it. Just pull it down. Yeah, but I, I like my little... Like, no worries, bro. <laughs> See, but I like my little courtyard. I, it's, 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 the, it's the quad. It's where, I, you know, it's a nice little quad. safe place. You know, my son can run around in there without having to worry about running on traffic. Um, he just now has to worry about the rope tied. Oh, yeah. Now he has to worry about a fence falling on him instead. So I think it's better. It's all good, though. Maybe. <clears throat> but look, we're not, we're not here to talk about rental properties, uh, contrary to popular belief. Tim, talk about games, Max. Now, I have not played shit this week. Um, even This is the thing. This is the thing. <coughs> you, you, I was in. You haven't, you haven't been playing House Flipper like the rest of us? No. No. <laughs> I had played House Flipper. I've already played it like back in the day. It was very good. But this is the thing. I was in COVID isolation, as I said. So really, it was the best time ever to play games. I did not play games for four of those seven days. Because I just didn't want to. I just couldn't make myself do it. It's very... like This is the thing. So I talked about it on like, what? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. How I'm just super depressed and shit. And like, I'm just suddenly don't really have the enjoyment or want to like do anything or play anything or just exist. So like, it's a really bad time to be stuck in a house for seven days. Mm. Because I'm like, oh, ugh, you know, like... All right. So and then, look, eventually I didn't really play anything. I think I talked about this last week, though. Like, I th- did I talk about Red Dead last week? Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. I've only, I played, like, slightly more Red Dead since last week um, because even though I came out of isolation on, what, the the Wednesday, we recorded on the Sunday. So there was only, like, a, you know, I kind of just dipped my toes back into Red Dead. But, like, over those couple of days, I just started running it, like, into the ground, like, as much time as I could give it. Um because like I've, I've, I've now passed that point that I remember playing to the first time that I played it. So I'm like, oh, fantastic. It's all new from here. This is so good. And I've just been like, you know, enjoy it. So it's like, it's all brand new stories now. I like this and that. And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with the whole uh, uh, Braithwaite and the Greys. Um, so I'm in that area. And that's why I still haven't progressed to the third relocation of the, uh, of the camp. Um, but you know, it's, it's fun. The game's still, the game is still brilliant. Like, uh, I, I've never considered it one of like the games of the generation or one of the best games to play on the PlayStation 4, um, because I've never finished it, but like, it is unquestionably a really good game. Like it's long, but I kind of enjoyed the monotony. Like, as I mentioned last week, I've just kind of, I've really enjoyed just going and hunting animals for skins. Like, I just kind of fuck off for a while and then just hunt them, you know? It's good. Very, very good. What about you, though? Because you you, you went a little bit hard last week with, like, Weird West and stuff. Yeah, so I didn't play much Weird West. I dove in, I've I've jumped back into Horizon. Oh. So I've... I've dropped everything down to story mode mm-hmm. difficulty. Um, I've collected the first subordinate thing. Oh yeah, AI. Well, the thing from Gaia. Yep. Yep. The the subordinate AI function. I got the first one of that. Um, I fought my first tremor tusk. That was rad. Oh, rad. Um, kind of 
because I'm playing on story mode, it was it was a fairly underwhelming fight. I kind of just stood at its feet and just smacked it <laughs> with my stick, and it died in like three seconds. It was crazy. Like to be fair, I do have a maxed out warrior tree, so I do like ridiculous damage with that stick. But I, I like hit it in the ankle three times, and it dropped faster than Achilles. Like it was crazy. <laughs> oh, solid reference to, to, to so, go with it. Well done. Um, I dove back into uh my backlog game assassin's creed oh so it looks like looks so both you and i have been rather than playing this stack of games that we have yet to final review review on over the last like two months of crazy instead we're playing games we probably should have played years ago shout out to both of us yeah um and then uh i mentioned it quickly last week ladder mode has started for diablo 2 and i've been playing a little bit of that as well yeah how's how's that been going for you uh it is rough yeah it's rough the first playthrough is always rough because you you've just got no gear so everything just kicks your face in the whole time and then once you make it to the end game it, it gets better mm. <laughs> but i'm almost there I'm almost there I'm, I'm like at the very end so we'll see how we go still yeah. got three months so that'll take a back burner once i hit once i hit the end and yeah yeah all right but other than that i haven't i haven't really been been playing too much uh i don't know what it is i i think i played maybe like an hour and a half of horizon and it's just yeah how are you just, it's still just not doing it for me like it's just this weird i think i mentioned it last time i spoke about it it's got that like middle book middle movie syndrome where mm-hmm. it kind of it's at the plateau fluff area of the story where it's it's not giving you all the the background information that the that the first game gives you because it's got to set up the premise of the game. It's got to give you, it, it kind of info dumps you to a degree, to 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 tell you what's going on, and then it's not this big climactic banger of an end because it's it's not the end. It, it, it's what I assume is to be not the end. Obviously, I'm not that far through, but I I'm assuming it's very much that. It just feels like the story's plateaued, and I'm kind of just going through the motions. Like Aloy obviously has this this urgency to her to her to the quest that she's trying to do mm. and and everyone in this world no matter what you tell them you're like i have to do this i'm on a time limit i'm trying to save the world they're like yeah but yeah but that's every like role-playing and like, game and like, I get I, and like i get that but at the same time every other role-playing game you don't have this you're not like showing your urgency to every single npc that you meet yeah that's true. you're not like yeah, but she's like all up in your face. She's like, if you do not do this, we could all die. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm just not going to open the door though. You've got mm. like 20 minutes up and back. Quick adventure. Let's yeah, go. man, it's nothing. You got that right. Like, like, it's just, yeah, it's it's hard when you've got this, this like your protagonist going, like this is the most important thing in this world. Mm. And everyone else going, yeah, but like go kill me 10 sheep and bring me there. Yeah, but like, coats. oh man, yeah, these, <laughs> these, uh, these deal like, looking I, things I, are fucking me off. Can you fix it? I'm like, I, I, I get that there has to be, like that has to be there, mm-hmm. but it's frustrating at the same time because it's not only frustrating to you as the player, but you can feel that frustration to a degree from Aloy. And she's like, guys, I'm trying to fucking save you all. Yeah. Don't give a shit about your fucking herd of thunder, <laughs> thunder deer that are like outside the, just go deal with them yourself. Yeah, just go, they're mildly, they're mildly inconvenient you. Just go hang out. Just go wreck them. Fuck. Yeah. Speaking of Horizon, though. So one thing uh, we talked about a while ago that did finally come out. So 
Prior to the show started, Max and I were talking about Lego and there being this massive new Lego store that opened in uh, Melbourne Central. And uh, so Max and I this week have been touching a little bit of Lego. That sounds way inappropriate. Um, so you, Max, you, you've got a series of collections of busts, right? And you've got like yeah. what, Carnage and, and Venom. I've got the Venom, Carnage and Iron Man heads. And my wife brought home the Darth Vader head the other day. So we're working on that at the moment. Very nice. So I, to keep it PlayStation related... I I had was eyeing off the Horizon Forbidden West tall neck um, since they announced it because I'm like I, I I very rarely have I ever bought Lego because but I love I love the idea of Lego it's that it's like you know reading the instructions you're just building it putting it together it's very zen it's very similar to the, like why I love painting like building and painting minis I have more fun building the minis than I do painting them because I just like putting them together it's like Gundam sets Gundam sets are fucking dope for that exact reason so. The the release of the Horizon one dropped like a week ago and it kind of went under the radar. And then a couple of days after it dropped, everyone was like, hey, it's here. Then it, it was selling out everywhere, everywhere. EB Games. But they were they were late to the party, sold out. Uh, like the Lego store, sold out. Any sort of online retailer, sold out. Kmart, they had some, they had some available. So I was like, oh shit, jumped in, bought it, Bang, refunded. I'm like, balls. However, I did. I was able to get one, and through Zing of all places. Even though Zing and EB Games share the literal same stock because they're the same company, apparently EB Games had sold out, but Zing had some available. So today, uh, I I have been uh, working on this, and it first of all, it's bigger. I haven't even done the head yet. That's the last thing I got to do. It's bigger than I realized it was. Um, so yeah, I was, so today I had been uh, on Discord with my with my friend Craig. Uh, he and I were watching some Breaking Bad together while I was building this, and then I got into it. Then I jumped into a, a different Zoom call, and you know while we were chatting, I was just sort of tinkering with this so I could maintain my focus as I fuck around with it. But no, it is it is great. It's awesome. It's been a blast to build. It's so cool and way and like the thing is way bigger than I expected. And like, that's the big thing. It's just way bigger than I expected. But I, um, I honestly still don't get how you didn't think it was going to be that big. Like when you looked it up online to buy it, it literally gives you the dimensions. Like it's like the same size as the tremor tusk you've got behind you. Uh, let me have a quick if check. If not bigger. Uh, yes. Well, it's actually as tall as the tremor tusk. But like, I have a real, I have this thing where I'm really shit at understanding uh, dimensions and, and physical space around me. Um, so using, going back to talking about like building a house, like, I couldn't comprehend. Like I had the plans in front of me, but I couldn't comprehend it until I actually saw it in person. I went, oh, that's how big the house is. There's this really cool place. I think it's up in Melbourne where they take your floor plans and like project it onto the floor of like a massive warehouse. Oh. So you can walk around your floor plans and you can get a feel of or a sense <coughs> of how big your place is going to be. Which I, oh, I, built, I built my house in, uh, in The Sims. That's what I did. <coughs> Oh yeah, cool. You could do that, I guess. Yeah, like because I needed it in some sort of three D space. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna build it in the Sims. That I probably could do it in House Flipper. Going back to House Flipper before, but uh, that would that would have been helpful if that game came out mm. seven years ago, but it didn't. So, but there you go. So it's, it's not really a game, but I have been enjoying building this Lego, and I feel that this may awaken something in me um, that is very dangerous. Lego is a very expensive hobby to get. It is, and I and I, but I am enjoying this so much. I've really enjoyed this afternoon putting it together. 
but I just yeah I just know very well that this prick's expensive and it's not going to get any cheaper to be something that you uh, you build on. You know what I mean? Because it's one of those things. Like there's only like I want uh, specific ones. Like but I you know I don't want like Star as much as I love Star Wars. You know May the Fourth was was this week. Um, but like I don't want really, yeah Millennium Falcon okay. Yeah, cool. I want the Simpsons I mean, to be house. Fair, the millenni- I mean, to be fair, though, the Millennium Falcon is also like $13 million. Oh, yes. Yes, but Jesus. But like... like I, cause obviously, I've got, the, I've got the Marvel heads and it started with just one. Like, I just I just wanted Venom. And yeah. then I'm like, but now I kind of have to get Carnage. Yeah, you got to have Carnage, yeah. So I've got Venom and Carnage. And then I'm like, ah, oh, but Iron Man's pretty cool too. So I got Iron Man. And then I was going to stop there. And then the and then the Star Wars ones went on sale for May the 4th. I'm like, oh, I kind of, maybe I'll get a Darth Vader head. Like, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, mm. but like, I, I, I like it enough. But what I really want is that Hogwarts castle. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's like $700 he And that's the thing. Like, I understand a big part of it is just the licensing is why it's so expensive. But like, mm. as much as I've enjoyed my afternoon of putting it together, like, I granted the Hogwarts would take probably... A couple of days really like if you take a couple of hours but like is it 750 dollars cool the answer is I mean, also, you get to, like, the answer like is all, the answer is also up. yes yeah, i mean I'd, I'd probably put it up on a shelf display it like red yeah like don't day. get me wrong like this this tall neck will live on display like i ain't packing it down like i'm gonna put it in my lounge like it's, i'm gonna be able to look at it every day um but yeah if like if this is the future and playstation gonna continue to release like playstation theme sets then that is dangerous for me. That is opening up an addiction that I am not ready for, but I want to have it. And judging by the success of this tall neck, I guarantee you there'll be more in the future. So Max, before we even actually have proper chats, what do you see? Like, do you see, what other sets do you see coming out, do you reckon? PlayStation related? I don't know. I mean... That have to do like. You could probably, I mean, you could follow the suit of the, like the Mario ones they've got. You could make like a big Crash Bandicoot box. Because mm-hmm. they've got the Mario question box. But I'm well. talking about first parties, right? So I imagine there might be. Like a God of War set? Like a God but of War set would is, be cool. Is there, but- is there a good set piece that would work in like brick form maybe because- I, I pre- potentially like them in the boat with um, the world serpent that oh, would yeah, that be could... fucking cool you know that's a very it's a very iconic shot last of us would be cool like it's a you know it's essentially like a, a diorama kind of like the friend's house is um yeah, i'd know. be okay with like like a, a dim, uh, uh like a, a head from one of the sh- uh, clickers yeah yeah, yeah that, that would be dope too right like i see it being like little yeah little set piece like little dioramas um you know, oh, the puck in the chat says at the axe itself. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Like a scale rep, like a not scale, but like a, you know, one to scale of the of the axe in, in Lego would be dope. Yeah, Last of Us would be cool. Like a little dank ass looking basement with like clickers and shit and Joel and Ellie or like maybe that scene from Last of Us 2 with Joel, like put that in Lego form just to be mean. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like uh, Days Gone would be cool. It wouldn't sell very well. I would buy it because I think, I still think Days Gone is great. But like you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 Deacon uh, on the on the bike with a bunch of with a horde of zombies behind him, like coming forward, coming at you. That'd be dope from a little Lego I, set. I want a I want a, a, a BB capsule. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Holy shit, yeah. Kojima Productions, Death Stranding, BB, but like babies, that would be cool. That would be oh, that would be amazing, actually. 
<clears throat> you know, uh, infamous would be tight because you could it's got a cool little cityscape and you can have uh, either whether it be Delson or whether it be Cole, you know, probably Cole, preferably like lightning things, be able to make it make it look rad. Spider Man already exists. There's tons of Spider Man Lego. Very easy one. What else? What what else would, would be a must in there? Like can't be GT because there's tons of okay, like an Astrobot set. Ast no, dude, Astrobot set would be great. You know why? Because just like Astro Astro what Astrobot Rescue Mission, whichever the one the uh, whichever the one that was on PS5, it's just so littered with references and history to PlayStation. That would in fact be the ultimate one for for many that they couldn't build complete sets of. If you could just make like a complete little like. I guess like a diorama of just cool PlayStation references that would actually make me explode. I might die. That would be amazing. Yeah, I want that. All right. PlayStation Australia. I know you're not listening or position worldwide. I know you're not listening, but if you were, I'm just thinking about it. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, park in the chest is the consoles because you can buy that. Uh, at the NES. NES. Um, that'd be pretty sweet. Maybe maybe down the line. That, that would also be something very, very cool. But before we get into this week's news, Max, there is a section where we need to take... We need, what, what do they always say in pods? You need to hear a word from our sponsors. Uh, for a little while, a sponsor of the show has been Manscaped. And it is autumn, Max. And everyone knows what that means. Stuff falls off trunks. That is trees and your penis. Do you want your trunk to be as bare as the trees outside then you need to look no further than the man, than Manscaped. They are the leaders in male body grooming, and the fourth generation performance package is out now. It's it, it is time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you will find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker. That's the nose trimmer that Max swears by. The uh, uh the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant because you know if you're sitting there around heaters, you're gonna get swampy in the front area. Good some deodorant. Crop Reviver. Uh, the performance box of brace, which are very comfy, by the way, very, very comfy. And a travel bag to hold all your dick trimming goodies. Now, Max, I presume you didn't see my message on Facebook where you said you read the next two points. No, I did not. There you go. But I can. <clears throat> Manscaped has also moved beyond your down under area by releasing their ultra premium collection. This is their full body collection, includes shampoo, body wash, moisturizer, deodorant that will have you smelling sweeter than the autumn air outside. I believe you use this stuff. I do. I did. I had a package arrive last week. Uh, I also picked up the, uh, I, I bought this myself. Uh, because I really, I really like the. I, like it. Well, I bought the the the, bun, the ultra premium as, as funsies, as I mentioned, like a number of, about two months ago. Now I've started to run low. I'm like, I'm gonna put another order um, because I like it myself. Like even though they sponsor the show, like I use my own dollar reduce to get it. And even with that, I came. I got the little manicure set as well to keep my nails all nice and trim. Uh, and as my um, my my uh, blade refill should be arriving either this week or next week. My my I'm on a I signed up for their buy and uh, buy yep. monthly top up so i'm i'm gonna get uh, a new set of razor heads a new head for my my nose hair trimmer and some more ball wipes very nice excellent some crop wipes. <laughs> yeah well the only thing like because uh yeah so that, that so that i did the whole thing it came with the chapstick which is good like I, i've used it it's very minty like i was thought it was i thought it would smell and or taste like a ball sack but it doesn't it's uh it's mint 
Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I did put another order of that. That's come in, which is, has been awesome. And I also picked up the the fragrance that came in like a little like... You know. <laughs> so not only will the Ultra Premium Collection have you smelling great, but you can feel good about it because all those products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. And you can get 20% off plus free worldwide shipping if you use the code FTP at au.manscape.com. You heard it that... You heard it correctly. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FTP at au.manscape.com. You can use manscape.com, doesn't matter. You don't have to be from Australia, but if you are from Australia, that's probably the best one to use. So make sure you have the best package for your package and choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. I never get bored reading those ads, man. They are good fun. <laughs> they are, tons they of are good fun. But uh, uh, yeah, let's get, let's get into the news, Max. It's the session coin. Form the plays. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Let's talk about some shortages following what we just covered. <laughs> talk about ball sacks. Let's go. It's been cold. Okay. So Sony's PlayStation 5 production troubles look set to continue for quite some time. Based on what the Intel CEO, Pat Gelsinger, has said about the ongoing chip shortages, speaking to CNBC, Gelsinger warns that the aforementioned ship, chip shortage could last into 2024. Quote, we believe the overall semiconductor shortage will now drift into 2024 from our earlier estimates in 2023. Just because the shortages have now hit equipment and some of those factory ramps will be more challenged, says Gelsinger. Basically, the chip shortage has starting to have an impact on the production line itself. Well, yeah, this, this is to be expected. So uh, even just catching up from what was already short, and then now, as they've redistributed those necessities, because it's not like it is simply a manufacturer shortage, right? They just can't make them fast enough. They they are able to make them because you know COVID's still a thing, but like you know, it's most people are vaccinated, practices are in place, etc. So if, if anything, it's just making up for the shortfall previously, and there and there is literally no way aside from just per people abuse, which is very likely in a lot of these buildings anyway just from making them work endlessly in, t in mm. order to meet the demand. And, and even then it comes down to supplies. Like it's just the whole supply chain has just been absolutely rooted by, um, by uh, COVID. But what we're saying, yeah. saying that though, like more and more have the local retailers like EB Games and JB Hi-Fi, they have been putting out notifications being like, hey, put in for a pre-order. Like pre-orders are happening again. Like things are and moving. They're, and, they're, and they're sold out in like 20 minutes yeah, if you're man. not paying attention. Like you've got to be on those. There's a few, I know there's a few Twitter pages that um, will update people pretty early on. Be like, hey, this is coming up. Get ready, get ready. Oh, sold out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like, like even though there is like a lot of people have now got one, but there is still a need. Like almost every everyone that I know that needed one or and or wanted one has pretty much got one. But I guess I'm living in a very privileged world in that space. Um, mm. Just because, do you know anyone that's still hunting one? Um, my sister's boyfriend's still hunting one. So yeah. every time I see the notifications pop up, I send him a message like, "Hey man, get ready." And, and then he's like, no, nah, he's like, "No, nah, I missed it." He's like, "No, I missed it. No, I missed it." He's either at work during the day and can't put it on or... Well, yeah, because it seems to be happening at really weird times. Just kind of like, bang. Yeah, they, they, <clears> I swear <throat> they start at like 11 o'clock in the morning and then by one o'clock in the afternoon, they're all gone. Which makes sense. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. <clears throat> Speaking of crazy, though, did you know that Sony's under investigation, Max? 
I did. Mm, good, because you made, the, you made the news, so it makes sense. <laughs> as, as is typical the case for any billion-dollar acquisition, Sony's mammoth $3.6 billion buyout of Bungie, creators of Destiny, uh, will, be, will be investigated by the Federal Trade Commission in the US. Still, the information reports that the investigation should uh, could set the acquisition back by at least six months, although a closing time frame has never been officially announced by Sony anyway. With Bungie set to operate independently once the deal closes, it's unlikely to change much, really. Apparently, the FTC is concerned that, the, that future Bungie games could become exclusive to Sony platforms, but both PlayStation and Bungie has already promised that there won't be the case. Quote, We want the worlds we are creating to extend to anywhere people play games, said a spokesman at the time. We will continue to be self-published, creatively independent, and we will continue to drive, drive one unified Bungie community. Now, I understand the FTC did look into the, the ZeniMax you know, purchase for Microsoft, but... That is a much greater concern than Bungie making one game exclusive. Like, the stranglehold that the, the Microsoft could have over the purchase of ZeniMax, that's crazy. And also, additionally, why is there no concern for the likes of the Embracer Group, which this week picked up... Who'd they pick up? Fucking uh, Crystal Dynamics and Eidos uh, Montreal. Uh, yeah, and... Um... And Eidos, Yeah. Like, but yeah, with that, but with, but with, yeah, but with that, that came all the, um, all the, own, the ownership of like Tomb Raider IP and a bunch of different things. Like they essentially bought the entire North America department of Square Enix, which is crazy. It's crazy. But like, why is no one like, granted it just happened this week, but like, as I, I, uh, it was also only it was also only 300 million yeah but point which is the, also the, insane the, by the way the, the embracer groups also a third party dealer not a first party dealer so their stuff still yeah but they, but they own anyway. so many like they own a ridiculous amount of studios right oh you know i, I get that they I are no longer they are no huge. longer a small player in this space I, I'm, I don't think they've ever really been a small player in this space but the, the thing is they are for the most part, a third party. They're not... Like, obviously, the FTC is also investigating the acquisition of Microsoft with... Um, not uh, The acquisition of... Um, uh, the Blizzard, ac yeah. Activision Blizzard not uh, for, to Microsoft. So, they're, you know, it's not like they're not... This is the first thing, time they've, they've come in. But, you know, there is a big difference between, you know, the $3.6 billion that Sony paid for Bungie, they're like the $70 billion that Microsoft's paying for Blizzard and and the $300 million that Embracer Group is is doing from, the, yeah, the, the, yeah look, the, the western parts of Square. The disparity from $300 million to anything in the billions is absolutely ridiculous. So, like, I understand there's like, but this is the thing. It's not like... They are both still large acquisitions. Like regardless of the dollar value, it we need to look at the market effect here. And a, a and a, the Embracer Group already having such a massive amount of studios, then now buying the entire half of a of, of another previous company's development studio, and like publishers. But like this, this is like this is remarkable. Like I'm not saying that Sony should. The thing is, they, they Embracer don't have their own walled garden to release all these products on. Very, like, they have to they have to play with someone in the space they have to play with either microsoft nintendo or sony yeah but, like but they don't under that same not, argument there's nothing for them saying that they'll just put it on playstation they're not bringing out like the embracer brox 3000 and yet you're just gonna <laughs> yet 
but like the point like, the, the point I'm making is like I under like if, when, when you look over, like I know Microsoft are being looked at with, from terms of the FTC but like we've not heard anything in a while it's kind of gone quiet like we, we know very confidently that both of those groups are going to go through and if, if the concern around the FTC is the the potentially that Bungie uh, creates Destiny exclusively then why is then why was that not the concern with Microsoft and Bethesda and sorry in ZeniMax right they have they have gone out of their way and have essentially said that like you know Elder Scrolls will be well you know one one voice saying we'll keep some things but not in the other like talking out of both sides of their mouth but we know pretty confidently from the press releases that I receive in my inbox from Bethesda Australia uh, that says pretty clear cut not you know coming to pc and xbox i'm going to pc and xbox it is not going anywhere else why is that not a concern compared to playstation is it because it's pc and xbox but once again that's still microsoft shaking their own hand like there is like that is the same company like if, if they have a problem with exclusivity that needs to be dealt with but i doubt it is hmm. well let's talk about am some I, live services. am i wrong max i mean <sighs> If in, I am, tell that, me I am. I mean, I mean, in that sense, I see where you're coming from. But in the embracer group thing, I, I think I made my. Oh no, embracer! I'm, 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 I'm more than willing to. I'm more than willing to take any on the embracer, but the Microsoft stuff is my big, my big. Mm. Well, let's talk about live service splurging. So Sony has recently gotten Hot. into live service games, but we're yet to see the fruits of any of its labor. But apparently, it has ten Fortnite-esque ongoing online multiplayer games in production, and it just spent billions buying Bungie and investing into Epic Games. Now they have put their hands in their pockets once again, investing in software company Axelbyte. Essentially, this startup is responsible for building backend tools that can help power live service games, including the likes of Payday 2. It provides features like analytics, in-game monetization, and more. This is a big deal if you're making games, and it's probably safe to assume that Sony is using this technology for its upcoming titles. It's one of three companies alongside Galaxy Interactive and NetEase who have contributed to a $60 million investment into this organization. What's your thoughts? Makes sense. Sony don't really have anything <laughs> to do with live service. It makes sense. That's why they bought Bungie. Bungie seemed to be you know, in that live service space, doing really well. You know, some of their some of their Destiny content has been hit and miss in the past, but generally they recover from expansion to expansion. By now, they're like what four years in, five mm -hmm. years in. They they've, they've got a pretty good handle on it. They seem to be a, a good choice. And putting extra, it, it's just we're seeing more and more of what Sony have been doing in the past, where instead of they're investing their money instead of buying things mm -hmm. outright, and I think that's a good way to look at it yeah so i imagine a lot of these deals when it comes to sort of investing either comes with hey you you will provide us knowledge you will pass mm -hmm. us on this information right like it's not as simple as we'll just give you money <clears throat> and that's good and like this is the thing now we're yet to see this truly come to fruition so we're not entirely sure but the idea of sony having 10 lot you know games as a service set up like that's concerning who's working on these now we know like uh a couple of the new pe the new the new acquisitions are the likes of haven uh and uh fire sprite uh are working on these kind of long-term titles but where's the other seven six seven right like maybe they're working well, we know well we know bungie's working on another rp yeah 
I'm 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 thoroughly in the boat of Last of Us Part Two's online multiplayer is a live service. Yeah, game. factions will be a live service, but even then, that's like what five? Where's the other five? Like the other five might be in early pre-production, but like at the point I'm making at this moment in time, no, it looks as if that none of the current studios that we that are known for delivering exceptional single party uh, single uh, player narrative driven stories aren't going to be hit by this change in uh yeah focus which is good i see anyway like do, do you see this being like a potential thing whether like w- this hard focus on live services will impact because if you look because if we look over at the likes of ubisoft as an example uh where or even square enix right they're they're focused to square enix particularly with their focus on wanting to deliver to deliver uh, live service games like babylon's fall avengers etc actually came at the detriment of those games but uh ea with bioware as an example we look over uh, you look over ubisoft for more of a once they grab onto something, they just run it in the ground, like microtransactions and then NFTs and you well, know with, all these things. With Square, I don't know if it was if it was them going, mm-hmm. man. Final Fantasy fourteen has made us a crap load of money. Maybe we should make more games like that. Mm-hmm. And then they just didn't work out because they don't have like obviously Babylon's Fall was a new IP. I saw somewhere this week where it had a it had one concurrent player on Steam. Like the get the game, unfortunately, is dead. Oh yeah, like it's just it just is what it is. Um, you know, it, it it's it's it'll be it was it's interesting to see if they had just this unrealistic expectations of what they were going to get out of their live service games on the back end of their success from Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, over the course of the last year and a half that game has been taken off shelves and digital storefronts because there was just too many people playing the game yeah like when you have to stop your game being sold because if you've already got too many players that your system cannot handle it that's got to be a good feeling and like you know that game to a degree is also riddled with microtransactions if you want to do them you can buy those premium items for for real dollar dues and but that's built into the, that, that's built into that the design stuff. of the mmos though so it's not so mm-hmm. bad yeah. you know plus it's a pay-to-play game it has a paid subscription you have to pay to play the game um yeah i don't think that sony are gonna pull their 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 main party like their main single player guys off making single player games because they realistically I w- you would imagine that they don't know how to make a live service game and you if it ain't broke you don't fix it you, you yeah. let them stick to doing what they do best and you use the teams that you've got that are that know what they're doing and you make those live service games with them <laughs> see that's what I would, yeah, that, doesn't, <clears throat> that doesn't mean you can't share those IPs and use pull things from you know your stockpile and, and, and throw them in these stuff but you, you don't use your look you don't I, use your I, I would agree with you there like I, you know in terms of Sony at no point have, have looked as if that they're going to want to you know broke what's not fi- you know fix what's not broken sort of thing but I think they're very aware that this is the where the future is is where the money is now it is because you know contrary to popular belief you know all the fanboys and girls out there or fan days um, you 
cannot like there are a business they are a corporation it is about the dollar value it's not about the artistic endeavor and the artistic endeavor is so good and sony is very very lucky that their that their uh single player artistic adventures are oh uh, uh, we'll come back to that in just a second um sorry i got a notification in my ear hole um yeah so like them they right now they are still seeing a return on investment when it comes to supporting those single player games right so until that dissipates, until that's lessens, I see them keeping with it. However, when we look over the likes of Jim Ryan as the head of PlayStation, uh, and he himself, you know, to no, no fault of his own, he's not a gamer. He's a businessman, as you should be. If you're the head of a fucking, if you're CEO of PlayStation, you should be a businessman. You know, everyone's like, oh, doesn't play games. Yeah, most gamers are shit. Like, that's why you don't put them into business roles, like, right? It just doesn't happen. Um, especially that high, you have to have such a specific mindset. And yeah, he doesn't play games. I Like, that's a, that is a negative, but I, I see that as a negative as in he may not fully understand in the same way, presumably, someone like Phil Spencer would consider choices. But I would also argue that Phil Spencer, as a gamer, quote-unquote, I don't like some of their business choices. It's a weird balance. So the point I'm making is they will continue what they are doing right now until they decide that it's not fiscally viable. And I think, you know, so them wanting to focus on that long-term games as a service model is as a business completely understandable. I mean, it'll also it'll also depend on how much money they're going to rake in on these new PlayStation Plus tiers. Exactly, because you know, going from essential to premium is literally double the cost. It sure is. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how many people upgrade, what their new numbers are for that, how much extra, how much extra dollar reduce they're pulling in just from their subscription services alone. Yeah, will all take into account what happens in the future. So yeah, speaking of the future, though, Max. Uh, I know there is one thing that has you like all kinds of uh, excited. It's Final Fantasy 16. So it appears that it won't be long until you, Max, not me, you put we are, not me, finally reunited with Final Fantasy. Oh, I'm so keen. In the space of Final Fantasy 16. During a recent Square Enix live stream for mobile title Near Reincarnation, Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida gave an update on the anticipated PS5 RPG. <clears throat> Yoshida says that a new trailer for the game is ready to go, but its release was delayed for reasons, but it should be made public, quote, soon, end quote. Yoshida also reiterates what we heard just last week, that Final Fantasy 16 is basically finished. Apparently, the development team is now working on polishing and optimizing the game. I ain't going to say a fucking goddamn so, thing. This is all you. Um, it's awesome. Uh, you know, on the back end of how long it took Final Fantasy 15 to come out, um, to know that it's 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 so far along in its development, seeing as we we first saw it for the first time at the back end of, not last year, but the year before. I think it was at one of the PlayStation 5 showcases. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they said that real quite medieval went, sort of look to it. And then it went mad quiet for ages. Now, Yoshida is... Um, the guy behind basically Final Fantasy Online. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that revived it. So it's in very, very good hands, in my opinion. 
um, you know, the the stories that they've pulled that they've 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 done in Final Fantasy Online is is uh, is fantastic, and I have complete faith that this is also going to be um, a banger. I don't think it's coming this year. No, no. Um, we have a we we have a group chat with a couple of friends. One of our friends, Joel from Andy Gamer, made the good point of. Um, Forspoken, the other Square Enix title, got pushed back to October. Mm-hmm. I don't see them releasing a Final Fantasy game on top of this so close in the end of the year. No, my guess is like first quarter next year, if we're lucky. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, from what I've, from what I've seen online, this, this this trailer should drop by the end of June. Um, what instantly went on in my mind is this is a PlayStation exclusive. Maybe Sony's got an event coming up around June-ish when all the other events mm. are happening and they mm. want it shown there as opposed to just a random Monday morning YouTube drop. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, I <clears throat> I do agree with you. Um a, a showcase like be able to pop this at the end of a tra- at the end of a showcase would make people like yourself like straight up cry. So uh, I do understand why they're holding off, especially because Sony are pretty quiet right now. Like aside from, well, now that like essentially from Ragnarok, which we still aren't even sure whether it's going to come out this year, uh, everything's pretty quiet. There's not a lot of known for the rest of the year. So as much as it would be awesome for Sony to back end the year, you know, with, hey, we have a second party exclusive with, uh, you know, uh, fucking Final Fantasy in the same way that they back end last year with Deathloop, as their second party sort of release mm. to sort of fill up that void. Um, the back of this year is going to be Ragnarok until we hear otherwise. So I see this being late Q1, early Q2. I'm thinking sort of April next year, um, mostly because the front of the year, like if it would be a dope February release, I think would be amazing if they drop, if they just drop Final Fantasy in February. But, I see it a little bit later. Maybe they'll aim for yeah. February and I kind of see it going back a little bit. Um, that's 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 where I stand anyway. But I I don't want to take, you know, Final Fantasy away from you any longer than, than you need <laughs> in the same way that I cannot live much longer without a date for Ragnarok. <laughs> I need it. I want well, it. Well, speaking of events coming up, Jeff Keighley has confirmed that his Summer Game Fest showcase will return on the 9th of June, 2022, featuring a, quote, cross-industry showcase containing multiple game announcements as well as indie-focused Day of the Devs. In addition, Keighley also revealed that there will be, quote, lots of events coming in June. Because obviously E3 is dead. Yeah, E3 is dead. Hard dead. is, Is this where we see dates for god of war ragnarok is this where we see the likes of final fantasy 16 yes do we see all those games at summer games fest because obviously summer games fest does have a lot of pull it was the first place to show off game of the year elden ring last year it's just you know it really has a lot of sway in the industry to a degree and you are correct. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. wrong. He does have a lot of pull yeah. in that in that space. So, like, what I say what you want about the showmanship of his shows and the production values and all that fun stuff, he does have. He's he's shaken a lot of hands. He does. He's kissed. He's shaken a lot of, shaken a lot of hands. Kissed a lot of babies. He's 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 done it. But like, for me, 
if there is a Sony related showcase, then yes, that's where we're going to see all those big things. <clears throat> the uh, if there isn't, I don't see Ragnarok coming out at Games Fest because I think Sony want to own that and they want to own that narrative, right? In the same way that every other big announcement they've done through one of their channels. But something like Final Fantasy, I think would benefit from being something like Games Fest because they would also be able to get to cast the widest net to get everyone excited while also going, hey, it's on PlayStation, nowhere else. Thumbs up for us. Okay, my second question is, if there is no Sony event around Summer's Game Fest, do you still think Ragnarok is coming this year? It'll be very scary. It'll like it'll be a very uncomfortable. No probably not. There's no announcement in June, the sixth month of the year. Is it going to come this year? Like, don't get me wrong. The turnaround from like the a, a date to uh, announcement to release for uh, God of War, like the 2018, was about four months from memory. Mm. So it's been done. And, like, maybe they could do June, July and still get it within the end of the year. But, like, I don't see them releasing something in, like, late November or early December. Like, you know, the only exception to the rule back in the day was The Last Guardian. Other than that, everything is sort of out before November. So, like, at, at latest, I see this dropping in October, maybe early November. But we would need to know about it come June. And I think it would be dumb if so. that's still the plan. Sony would need to drop something around this window. And if they don't, and then essentially what will happen? Either we get it in June. This isn't, either we get it or we don't. <clears throat> they are the two options. <clears throat> I mean, as in like there's a showcase in June. If God of War's not in it, when they do their October year, he's our year in, he's our, uh, our next year ahead of us, which they've done the last couple of years. Then they'll go, hey, it's Q1 which will fuck me in my draft for the second year in a row. <clears throat> what if they do their here's a year ahead and they bookmark their show with God of War out now and they just drop it? There is day. no way they would shadow drop Ragnarok. No way. No, of course not. <laughs> no way. Like, in terms of like... <clears throat> I, I, we talk, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago as well. Like the, the, there's this, you know, the big narrative of like Fallout 4 dropping, releasing in three months. Mind mm. you that I, keep, I constantly forget that those, every rumor about Fallout 4 before they announced that release date, totally real. Like, but even, you know, outside of like, there's no big rumor mills right now about Ragnarok. Really? You know, everyone's keeping... So it's like, it's kind of this weird balance where it's like- I'm still, I'm still standing by, you can't delay a game that doesn't have a release date. And that, No, no, but that is the method. That is the plan, right? And and like, we will see that continuously moving forward. Hence why the back end of this year looks so dead because no one wants to commit because they can't. So the short answer is, will we see it at Summer Games Fest? Only if Sony do a dedicated thing and they do it probably the week after Games Fest. Like, I think they did that last year. Maybe they had like I think I don't think it was a full blown. I think it was more like a um like a, blog, like a thirty ish minutes instead of yeah yeah maybe potentially either way uh quick biddies though Max Ubisoft Montreal has taken over development of the Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake a game that no one really asked for the game is very cool on PS2 however uh, and on PS3 there is a trilogy collection uh but. This game was delayed indefinitely. 
They then went, mm, yeah, it might come back. We don't know when it's going to, we don't know when it's going to drop, but it's been brought in house. Now, these were the guys who originally did it. Tick, by the way. Number one, that's a good thing. Two, the idea of it coming in house, everyone goes, oh, it must be in real bad shape. We all said the same thing about Final Fantasy VII Remake. And look I mean, how amazing that turned out. The, the other thing is the two teams, the two other Ubisoft teams that are were, that were working on it are still working on it. It's just they've they've bought in um, yeah. Montreal. The Leeds so, is like, now the, yeah. yeah the Leeds is now Montreal, which is good. Yeah. In house Leeds probably a, an advantage. It's certainly a, a good yeah. thing. Just sure. we still no release date or anything. Is it still bad news potentially? But once again, any any hype for, for Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake gone, gone. Uh, all dying light owners will now be upgraded to the enhanced edition for free because uh, the team over at Techland cannot stop supporting dying light one so much yeah, just, so it just got a ps5 patch a couple of weeks ago so it now runs in like 4k d- d- yep. uh, 4k 30 performance mode 60 frames per second and like yeah so you now so you now get yeah so you now get the and, up- and the yeah, go sorry. Yeah, you get the update to PS5 for free, and then they go, "Oh, you know the the enhanced edition we had for Dying Light One. It's yours now. All the DLC, yours. Go." Yeah, five DLC packs are all listed as free now. Like that's absolutely insane. Including like and, what and was one the... of them? One of them is called the following, and it's literally an entire another campaign. Yeah, like, that's it's not what I'm this saying. tiny yeah. little. It's not this tiny little DLC. It's like a massive. It's really good, man. And and if this if this is one of those things, if this inspires everyone to pick up Dying Light Two, like that's a win all around. And mm. finally. Sifu now has difficulty settings, which means I might be playing Sifu. Friend of the show, Padge, I think, finished it now. Oh, <laughs> shit. All right. Well, then if Padge can do it, I can certainly do it now. I'll go check if it out. Can, anything Padge can do, I can do better. Nope, not at all. But uh, <laughs> if Padge can successfully, like, if Padge can do it, then I should be okay. Because, like, you know, he and I have only have so much time and skill. So it's it's comparable. It's apples to apples. Uh, hopefully he hears that uh, Love upcoming, you, releasing, <laughs> upcoming releases we have Udian Chronicle Rising PS4 PS5 May 10th unpacking PS4 PS5 May made 10th. made by the local Australian team Witchbeam very excited to play unpacking Salt and Sacrifice PS4 PS5 May 10th isn't that already out? Uh, that, that was Salt and uh, Salt and Sanctuary Salt, Salt and Sanctuary oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Source of Madness, PS4, PS5, May 11th. Flippin' Cactus, PS4, PS5, May 12th. The Centennial Case, a Shijima story, PS4, PS5, May 12th. And Evil Dead, the game. Oh, PS4, shit. PS5, May 13th. I totally forgot about the Evil Dead game. Well, there you go. The answer is unpacking. Like, I'll pick it up. A, it's Australian, it's Australian independent game, which is a big thumbs up for me already. Uh, the game looks really dope on like PC. I think it's on Switch as well, maybe just PC. But it looks mad, and I want to play it so bad. And if I can play it on PS4 or 4 or 5, 5, then I'm in. 5? 5. Coffee? Yeah. Apparently, I got real super, like, super bogue in there. I'm on PS5. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm probably the one for me. What about you? Uh, salt and sacrifice for me. Ooh, all right. Well, looks like neither of us will probably play it over the week. I'll have more to talk about Red Dead, I'm sure. 
Either way, thank you, everyone, for joining us once again. I say it each and every week. One of the greatest things you can do to someone is give them your time. Our time is precious. And thank you so much for choosing to spend some of that with us this week or maybe every week. I really, really appreciate it. Max, we don't want to take up too much of these lovely people's time. Send us home. Well, everyone, this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, you can. Come and check out our socials. Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join us as the conversation happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live. We can jump in the chat, and you can become part of the show. Just the same way that the mullet show has, and the notification came off before, it, he has resubscribed on tier one for his 50th month in a row. What an absolute legend. But, uh, wait, if you are listening to the podcast service, if you're listening to the show on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you are on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. And if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash popcultures, as well as our merchandise store, podcast.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. And of course, you can also help support the brand to help support us, just like Manscaped. If you head over to au.manscaped.com, Com. Use the promo code FTP, get yourself 20% off uh, and free worldwide shipping on products like that one, those ones right over my left shoulder. That is the performance package right there. Not performance package, the ultra premium uh, things. There's you got the all the things right there. Check it out, it's pretty cool. But either way, until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players. I'm going to build the rest of this Lego head right now. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>